Hi, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Debutify podcast, the premier e-commerce podcast brought to you by Debutify. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and joining me today is David Wax, the founder and CEO of Handwritten, a company that's bringing back the lost art of letter writing through scalable, robot-based solutions that write your notes in pen. On this episode, David and I discuss why personalization is important to building customer experience, how brands can create better relationships with their clients, different opportunities that can set a brand apart from others in their industry, and much more. Here's our interview now. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, very happy to have you. So first things first, why don't you tell me a little bit about your company, Handwritten? Yeah, so Handwritten is the largest provider of automated handwritten notes in the world. We use 175 robots. Each robot holds a real pen. And we write out these notes, write out the envelopes and mail on your custom stationery next business day. I know a lot of your listeners are Shopify users. We actually have a plugin to the Shopify store where you can download our app, install it, and then set up automated rules to send handwritten notes. So after your first purchase, after fifth purchase, after they spend a certain amount of money, anniversary purchase, and pretty soon we'll have abandoned shopping carts as well. So you'll be able to follow up in a very meaningful personal way in a more automated fashion. No, that's amazing. When I found out that you guys had, you know, two patents on your robots on paper, when you look at like the website and the branding, it feels like the foundation of the business is this marketing concept of these handwritten notes. But with these robots, I mean, being fully automated, I'm interested from your perspective, is the foundation of the business more about the tech of those robots or is it the marketing concept? It's really about helping people connect. So my background, prior to starting Handwritten, I before the iPhone, I started a text messaging company and wrote it through the iPhone craze. And um, before we knew it, we were sending millions of texts a day for brands like Abercrombie & Fitch, Toys R Us, Sam's Club, Office Max, Blue Man Group, and others. And what I realized during that process was I was part of the noise, right? Like people were overwhelmed with 130 plus emails a day and text messages and now Slack and Twitter and Facebook and threads and everything else. People are just overwhelmed by this digital communication and and none of it really matters. And you probably have seen these as well as I, all these automated emails that don't look like MailChimp, but they look like I'm sending you an email and they might have some personal bits. Oh, Alex, I really enjoyed re- you know seeing you on this podcast when it's all automated. And it's just everybody's antenna is going up and they realize none of this is real. None of it matters. But when you receive a handwritten note, even if you do know it's fake, it's showing a level of differentiation and, and you know just going the extra extra mile that other people don't. But most people, when they look at our service, I'd say the vast majority, they have no idea that was written by a robot because it is in real pen and we use AI to make it look really real, that it really helps brands connect with their customers, which leads to higher customer retention, more referrals, greater share of wallet, more purchases, sharing on Facebook, sharing on all the social media. While our product is the handwritten note, what we're really selling is connection, retention, and referral. No, that's a great answer. And look, we were talking before the show. I've talked about it on the show about the importance of authenticity and what I think in in art and media and and especially marketing, because you're touching on something very valuable. And I think that's this inauthentic 
ability to try to mimic authenticity of exactly what you're saying. Hey, Alex, I heard you on a podcast, yada, yada, yada. And that antenna goes up and I feel like I'm being sold to without even being tried without the visuals of being sold to. So then I feel like someone's trying to pull the wool over my eyes a little bit. So to actually provide authentic penmanship to try to establish a connection instead of buy my thing or this faux authenticity, I think that is really valuable. And, and, you know, I'm interested how you're able to create variety in the style of handwriting that you give, you know, for example, let's say I showed interest in your Abercrombie and Fitch and office max. They were both clients of yours. How do, how do you ensure that I don't get two cards that have the exact same style of handwriting and then that that illusion kind of dissipates. So how do you make them look different? Oh, yeah. So on the handwriting front, well, first of all, you touched upon something really valuable. You said, buy my thing turns into advertising. I go on podcasts like yours and I say, what you should be doing is just thanking people full stop. You shouldn't be asking for anything. You shouldn't be asking for referral. You shouldn't have them skin a QR, nothing. Just thank them. Because so many brands these days need to learn the value of appreciation and understand the, the you know, A, it's just the right thing to do. And um, there's been studies that show that appreciation leads to happiness. And I fully b- I believe that. But the, the long-term lifetime value does reap rewards. And I, yeah, you could call it ROI. I'll, I call it ROR, return on relationship, and how that's going to improve your brand over time. It's the long sell, not the not the immediate. But getting back to your question about the authenticity, the way we make it look authentic. On our website, we have almost 40 handwriting styles. They range from very formal to very messy, block, cursive, all, you know, all caps, everything in between. If you are so inclined, we can also create your own handwriting, which is an expensive production because it takes about a week of my designers times to do to time to do it and then we can replicate your own handwriting we've done this for famous celebrities sports stars social media companies etc on top of that every note goes through our ai system where we vary the characters so two a's look different if there's two letter a's on the page you know you'll have multiple variations of that ligature combinations which i know you're in uh, graphics and design i'm sure this gets your uh, gets you excited so we Two O's together look different than two O's apart. How do you cross your two T's with one crossbar or two? How does an L look at the beginning of the word versus the end of the word? We do all that variation too. And then in addition to character and ligature variation, we vary the left margin. So it doesn't look like you wrote down a perfectly straight line on the page because people don't do that. So we jitter in and out line by line to make sure that looks right. It's not a lot of jitter. It's not like an inch in and an inch out. It's like, you know, millimeter in, millimeter out, because we want it to look authentic. And then we vary the line margin, kind of the same, or the line spacing. You're not writing straight across every line perfectly distant from the next line below it. It kind of slants a little bit. Well, we, we do slant a little and we bend. That's the third part, which I'll get to. But the second is just the line spacing so that every line is a little different spaced from the line above or below. And then we do ver- we warp the text, we bend the text just a little bit so it's not straight across um, the page too. So those are kind of the AI, especially the last one. That's really our AI. The other ones are just good programming. 
but we do use AI to to make that happen too. It's a really impressive attention to detail, the, the stuff that yeah. you're describing, because I think that is that the difference maker between what you're doing and 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 some companies who who try to do the same thing. And yeah. it's like someone just printed cursive on a piece of paper. Yeah. And what you're doing with you know the kerning, the spacing, the indentations, all that sort of stuff. I can feel the difference, you know, when I when I'm holding it. Yeah. And the ink smudges, you know, there are competitors on on, uh, the marketplace, the Shopify marketplace that do laser printed text. There's there's one called um, Scribeless, for instance, but it's laser printed and people know that. Yeah, I mean, the work we do, printing is the very first step. I mean, the very first thing we do is we print a nice card. And that's like, before we even think about it, we, we get that card printed for you. And then we feed it in the robot. And the robot writes it, and then we write the envelope, we put the two together, put a real stamp on it, and mail it. So it is a whole manufactured process getting these notes out. And you're right, it is, it is, there's a ton of attention to detail. You mentioned the the two patents. The handwriting part we don't even patent because if we had it, if we were to patent it, we'd have to write in a patent document how we do it. And there's so much proprietary information in there that we don't even we don't even want to patent it because that would give away the, you know, kind of how we how we have the handwriting happen. So that's the secret sauce. And then the robots are patented and the team is the attention to detail to make it happen. That's cool. Magician doesn't reveal their secrets type of thing. Exactly. No, that's wonderful. And I, I think you touched on something really important a little bit ago about that showing appreciation at the beginning of a relationship instead of at the end. Most times when you're working with a company, they don't say thank you until after you bought something already. And then it feels like, okay, I'm only of use to this brand if I buy something to them. And and what I'm hearing you say is that isn't necessarily the case. So my question essentially is, why is the personalization piece so important in building that customer experience? Well, I think it's personal from both perspectives. Number one, we have to personalize to you and say, hey, Alex, thanks so much for signing up or thanks for placing your first purchase. I think the other thing is you want to come across as personal. You want the the customer to get to know you. The more the customer gets to know you, the more they are likely to connect and buy from you. People like buying from brands they trust. So for instance, Handwritten now, when you sign up for a large package, large is like a thousand bucks, you know, one time fee. We now send you a care package which, with a handwritten note from me and some swag in it and some other stuff. But in that handwritten note, it, written in that handwritten note, it tells, I mean, handwritten notes are short, so I got to keep it concise, but I give my story. I say that, you know, before starting handwritten, I sent millions of text messages a day. I realized I was part of the problem. That's why I started handwritten. We're so happy that you're coming along on this journey with us. Because then you're buying from a brand where you feel an emotional connection, as well as just me thanking you. You know, it really is about that culture of gratitude because, you know, there's a million companies like handwritten. There's a million companies that do anything that sell pants or sell electronics online or furniture, whatever you sell on Shopify. I hate to break it to you, but you're not a snowflake, right? Like there's other companies out there that do it. And the fact that a client or a customer took the time to research all their options and chose you, you need to thank them for that. And so taking that another degree, right? How does that actually turn into a return for a brand? Oh, yeah. So 
You know, I think it's a little hard to measure it directly, but what I'll tell you is we have a snack box company. So they are a subscription business. Um, they send you snacks every month to your office. When they screwed up on snacks, they'd follow up by sending you a handwritten note apology as well as an extra box of snacks. What they found, now granted, the extra box of snacks helped. I'm not going to discount that. But what they found was those clients that had bad experiences that were screwed up with on and that received the, the win back, the handwritten note um, and, and extra swag, they actually have a higher lifetime value than those clients that never had a bad experience in the first place, meaning they stayed with the brand longer, they bought more snacks, et cetera. So what did the brand do? They started screwing up with everybody, sending everybody the win back and raising all tides, right? So that's one example. Another example, I'll give you two more. During COVID, now, again, I'm always willing to give credit where credit's due. COVID caused a great change in people's mentalities. But during COVID, we're working with a furniture company that would ship flat mail furniture to you, put together, and people would literally call into customer service crying, thanking customer service for sending them a handwritten note. Because during COVID, everybody feels alone and nobody took the time to, to try to reach out personally. So that was just tremendously impactful. And then a third example is a non detail, but a piano tuner that we work with in Pennsylvania, they're only in your house once a year to tune your piano. And then you don't need it to be tuned for 365 more days. Well, after tuning your piano, they sent you a handwritten note. A year later, when they go back to your home to tune your piano again, that note is often standing up on the piano. So not only is that note read, it is on display on your most prized possession in the fancy room of the house, as I call it. And there's no other form of advertising, none, that would get that real estate, right? Like you couldn't send them an email and they're not going to print it out and scotch tape it to the, you know, you couldn't send them a text message, my old business. You know, nothing is going to have that staying power and feel like a gift, like a handwritten note. So, you know, all I can say is, Try sending real handwritten notes, you know, writing them out. And if that doesn't work, use a company like Handwritten to, to make sure, you know, you know, if, if you can't keep up with the actual handwritten notes, use a company like Handwritten to do it for you. No, that's great. I love those anecdotes. And I think you're touching on something very valuable, David. And that is, I think that romanticism of it a little bit is, is we've gotten to this point in the digital age where everything is so digital that there's something not even really novel or trivial as much as nostalgic and inspiring about holding that um, handwritten note. Do you think that's only that feeling and the power that that has now is only because it's happening now? I mean, would a company like this even be able to be as successful 15 years ago when we weren't so far into the digital age? I think it's certainly helping that we are now in, in such a world where there is you know, we're, we're neglecting four of our five senses now, you know, uh, the only sense we're using is sight. But the the idea to tactile, you know, to feel that handwritten note, uh, you know, and this is going to sound cheesy, but the unboxing experience, you know, you go to your mailbox and there's a note there from Brand X and it takes a second to open up and pull that note out. Well, you've created a positive moment or two in in the mind of the customer that's that's really valuable. So I do think it's more valuable now than 15 years ago. I mean, nowadays, the least utilized mailbox is the one at the end of your driveway. You know, everybody's te text and email. So by standing out, 
and using, and not junk mail, you know, we're not talking about that glossy crap that you get in the mail, but something that looks genuine, you know, you only get one to three of those a month now. The average consumer, I think, gets one a month. So doing something, you know, would you rather be in the pile of a trillion emails, a thousand junk mail, or one, right? So that's kind of, that's where we're really playing. And and you're absolutely right. It's more valuable now than ever before. And we talked about that appreciation piece. I'm curious more, maybe on a macro level, how brands can create better relationships with the client. Yeah. So if you visit our website, handwritten.com, and it's H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N.com, and you go to the resources tab at the top, there's actually a consumer outreach survey. We reached out to 2,000 consumers, not handwritten customers, just 2,000 consumers. We did a blind survey, and we asked a lot of questions about how they like to be communicated with. The number one most personal way is not handwritten notes. It is sending a, is doing a phone call. But the number one most potentially annoying communication method is also receiving a phone call. So we found that handwritten notes kind of walk that line of highly personal, low annoying factor, um, which was which was nice. And then it also the document, you know, I recommend everybody download it. It also talks about when you feel appreciated by a brand, what does that mean? Well, it means you buy more, you refer more, you buy more frequently and, and just buy more, you know, you, you spend more money. So those are all benefits. Outside of that, you know, we work with a lot of car dealerships and what we find with them, because they already do a lot of direct mail print, when they replace some of their direct mail with handwritten notes, they see uh, to drive in-store visits, to look at the new car, whatever, they see a 27 times greater response rate you know, showing up in the dealership than than from a print piece, 27. And handwritten notes are really much more expensive than that junk mail piece. But even when you adjust for the additional cost, it's still a seven times greater ROI. The impact of driving consumers in store, uh, thanking them, staying top of mind at their birthday, you know, all these other ways, um, it's, it's, I don't know if I'm answering your question in the slightest, but these are all ways when you can really drive that customer relationship. No, absolutely. I I definitely think that answers it. And one of the other things I find interesting is that you could also do, this is kind of a two-parter, inserts of maybe like a business card inside something that is somewhat handwritten as well. But on top of that, it's not just like a card in the mail, but it's also in an envelope that's handwritten as well. And and I think that's something that, that needs to be stated for the audience. So it's not like it's not a postcard. printed. No, it's not a, a postcard or it's not like a printed envelope that then you have to open up and then it's handwritten. So that kind of like loses yeah. the illusion. But that just pays into that attention to detail a little, a little bit more. My question to you. Yeah, no, 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 please. Oh, sorry. If anything, the handwritten envelope is actually more important than the handwritten note itself because handwritten envelopes have a 300% greater open rate than printed envelopes. If you had a cut budget, I'd say keep the handwritten envelope, cut the handwritten card, and let's insert a printed piece in there. Obviously, we prefer to do both. And then as far as postcards, there are other companies on Shopify that do postcards. But what I'd say is, is that the right brand impression you want to do? Those postcards, by the time they get to the mailbox, they're often beat up. And there is no unwrapping experience, unboxing experience. It's a lower end service. And people ask us all the time if we want to do postcards. And we might eventually. But right now, it's just not aligned with our brand. 
where we want people to feel this genuine connection and throwing a postcard in the mail just doesn't do it for us. My question is, do brands who are trying to work with you, for example, they hear this podcast, they they contact you, are they total committal? You know, because I feel like as a brand, I'd want to have it in a flashy graphic design kind of like back, almost kind of like a postcard where it's nice and stylized. And then you flip it over and then there's this handwritten note. But the graphic or, or something highly stylized like that isn't the hook. It's the fact that it was handwritten, correct? I mean, do you have to kind of walk brands, you know, hold their hand a little bit through this process so they don't get so marketing minded? So you bring up a good point. So the, so the graphic design on the card could be the clients entirely. So we have a way where the client can provide a five by seven image or whatever, 5.3 by 7.3, because the 0.15 and bleed. bleed. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they provide that image and then we, we write on the other side of it. They, we can do that. However, I would say it really depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you're following up after a first purchase, that might be the right thing to do. It might make sense to put it on a branded card to really reinforce the client brand. However, at birthday, when it's your birthday and you're sending them a birthday card to, to just wish them a happy birthday, maybe you don't want to use something branded. You know, maybe you just want to use a standard old birthday card off handwritten.com or maybe have your designer design a birthday card, but not put any brand branding on there because you want it to seem more genuine. And, and it's a different message. You know, even if it's just throwing the company logo on there. Then people might, and this is where they be testing, but clients might see, or customers might see that really as an advertising opportunity. When what you're trying to do is just make that connection with the customer and you can make that connection through the writing, not through the printed branding. So, you know, for instance, we work with a lot of nonprofits and I've actually written up framework saying after a donation, thank them with a branded card. But when it's birthday and Christmas, use non-branded stationery. And then, you know, you, we write out these rules. It doesn't cost any different. You know, creating your own card on handwritten is no different than using one of our cards, but it just sets a different tone. And I think you need to be conscious of that as well. No, that's great. I think that makes a lot of sense too. I mean, it, it almost doesn't on paper, but you also mentioned on your website that it's not like handwritten shows up anywhere on these cards. Like, you know, created by handwritten in partnership with, Office Max or something like that. I mean, again, that kind of shatters the illusion. That's one of the problems with my company is that we put no client, A, we never advertise on the client's material because that would just be nobody would want to. And then B, we don't put any of our client names on our website either because no client wants their secret exposed, right? So it's the hidden curse of handwritten. Now, on g2.com, that big review site, you can find 700 plus reviews about handwritten where people do say they use us, but on our website, we never mention it. So that hasn't been like a problem at all in terms of marketing and getting people in the door and, and wanting to use your services is, is that, I don't know, behind the man behind the curtain aspect. I mean, not for our clients and customers, it's a benefit to them, but to handwritten itself, to our company, it's a huge problem because I can't say, Hey, um, you know, and I'll, I, they're not a client, but I'll pretend they are. Whatever. Uh, Audi, Audi Nation, you know, globally is a client of ours. You should use us too. We can't do that. We can't say 
X is a client, so you should use us. We just have no, we have no ability to do that. So it's, it's an interesting part of the handwritten business. That is interesting. And how do you like solve that problem? I mean, do you have to just expect people to understand your business plan and say, sounds like a good idea because you don't really have a resume aside from your, your time, your data and your research that you can uh, provide? We do have a, a few select clients that allow us to mention them primarily gotcha. through, like I would never do it on a podcast. I would say a snack box company that delivers to offices on the podcast. But in real life, I can mention a few of our clients um, given their permission. So, you know, and that would just be on the phone. It wouldn't be in writing or, or on a Teams or uh, Zoom call, not in writing. So we're very careful of that. But I think our prospective clients come to us because A, we've been in the space for nine years. We're the oldest provider out there. On G2, we've got the the most reviews and the best reviews. So not only are we the biggest, but we're the best, um, according to them. And the content we put out on our website as well, as people just request sample kits and they see how our product compares to others. And it's like hands down comparison. Of course, you go with handwritten. Wonderful. No, that's great. And your experience working, what was the name of the of the company you founded with the text messaging? Sell it. C-E-L-L-I-T. And you sold that company, correct? I mean, it wasn't like correct. Yeah. that idea just stopped. That just kind of personally, you were ready to move on from that. So you sold that company, correct? Yeah, I sold that company um, and then uh, worked for the new owners for two years which is common when you sell a company. As soon as my two years were up, the next day I started handwritten. Oh, that's amazing. Well, it's amazing, but I should have given myself a break and gone out on the beach, but I didn't do that. Yeah, no no real layover time. But I'm, I'm curious about Sell It because you have such a history in kind of both spaces. Yeah, messaging. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what types of digital communication do people react to the most? I mean, is it is it text? You talked about how that can be valuable, but for someone my, myself personally, I don't want text messages from companies at all. I'd much prefer an email. So what are your thoughts on that? I know that it's kind of hard to give a ad hoc at large answer, but from your experience, what types do people react to the most? Sure. So what I can tell you is my experience is now nine years old in that space. Um, so if you rewind the clock nine years, as annoying as you and I might think a text message is, everything we did was opt-in. So people would have to request it. People would request these by the millions, and the results were crazy good. For example, I was meeting with a client of mine in Virginia. For Rent Media, they, they do those apartment magazines that you would get in the grocery store. And I, I went across the street to a tropical smoothie cafe, and they used handwritten. And I walked in there, and I just said, or sorry, they used sell it. And I walked in there and I said, hey, and there's just a store clerk there. And I said, hey, um, are you part of the Tropical Smoothie Cafe text program? And she said, yeah. I said, um, how do you like it? She's like, oh, I hate it. I said, why do you hate it? She goes, because every time the manager sends out a text message, there's a line around the block. And I was blown. And these are her words. And I'm just blown away by the impact a text program can have or could have. Now, these days, I think texting is still very important because not everybody's willing to install your app. So now a lot of people do push notifications. But how many apps are you really going to fill up your phone with? So, and in order to do push notifications, you have to have the app on the phone. So some people want to commit to a brand, but not commit in a way like, why would I want a smoothie app on my phone? Right. 
But, but if I really like smoothies, maybe I'll just join their text messaging program. What I think you need to do as a brand, and this is still today, I think you need to develop a preference center where you allow people to opt in, opt out of various forms of communication. You know, maybe your customers want to receive texts once a week or once a month. Maybe they want to receive emails twice a month or emails about offers, but not about new features, um, handwritten notes or printed pieces. You know, if you have the resources to develop a strong preference center, I think that's always very valuable, especially if you're a very large brand like Abercrombie and Fitch. We were working with them on that. But it was just crazy. The, you know, the the uptick in sales our clients would get from text messages. But that uptick was like a, you know, it was a spike, right? Like the text message would go out, they would get this huge uptick, and then two hours later it would be gone, right? Because people forget these notes very, very quick or these messages very quickly. Handwritten notes are very different. You know, that handwritten note, first of all, it's going to take a week to get to you thanks to the snail mail of the U.S. Post Office. And then it could sit in your mailbox for a day or two. And then it gets out of your mailbox and it sits on your kitchen counter and then somebody opens it and then they take advantage of the offer. So I would say text messages are short, quick and urgent and important, I guess. Handwritten notes are not urgent, but important. And there's that difference of, you know, it's still important, even if it is just a thank you, but the urgency isn't there. And if it is urgent, then you got to play it ahead to give people ample room to, uh, to work on it. For example, like we work with a clothing brand that they make custom suits for you. So, you know, you get, you use, I think you use your phone to take your measurements and you send them to them and then they send your measurements to China and you get a beautiful suit. For Christmas, they'll send you an offer code but they send it out weeks in advance so you have it and you could use it for Christmas. You know, or car dealerships, if they're running a big promotion, they send those offers to come into the dealership weeks in advance so that they know you've had a chance to get your mail, open it, read it, et cetera. No, that's smart. And I think you're really highlighting those two different approaches. Working in restaurants, that's you know, handwritten, low and slow versus kind of like the flash fly, the the flash fry business of like, let's get this out as quick as possible, take advantage of it and turn tables really fast. I mean, that's, that's what I hear. And then it's forgotten. Exactly. And, and, you know, frankly, just to continue the analogy, the best meals I've ever had, I couldn't even tell you what the meal was. It was the atmosphere. You know, it was the music. It was the the way it was lit. It was the people I was with. And and that's kind of what handwritten more reminds me of is it's not even always the content or the text in it of itself, it's, experience. it's that thought, it's that feeling, it's it's that kind of synesthesia you get from it. So I think that's really interesting. My last question, David, is the same last question I ask all my guests. Entrepreneurs work very stressful hours and it's a, a high pressure industry. So I find it's very important to have a healthy work-life balance and good, stable mental hygiene. So my question, David, is what hobbies and interests do you practice to establish a good work-life harmony? Well, I am not a good example here. This business is actually taking it out more more than uh, sell it was. I will say any free second I have, I spend with my kids. So entrepreneurs, go out and get some kids right away. No, but that's, you know, playing with them and living through their eyes is just a bonkers experience. I just took my eldest, 
who's six years old to see the new Indiana Jones movie. And it was the first big boy movie he saw. And it was just really cool to see him sitting there watching him. You know, I watched him more than I watched the movie. In addition to that, for mental health, they actually did a profile on me in Inc. Magazine. Hypnosis. I use hypnosis. So uh, my hypnotist is kind of my guru. And he provides, you know, he provides me hypnosis. He also provides me um, mantras to do meditation. And that's been very valuable to me. And I originally started seeing the hypnotist due to physical health issues, just things I was doing in my life and that type of thing. And there was dramatic improvement from hypnosis. I have physical proof it works, which is bonkers. But, and I'm not one of these crazy, you know, burn incense, ring chime type people. Like I'm a very uh, balance your chakras. Yeah, no, none of that. I don't go around the house burning uh, sage or anything, but I fully believe in hypnosis. So I've been using him for a number of years off and on, and it's just been um, truly a life-changing experience. That's amazing. I, I actually spoke with the entrepreneur very recently, Kayleen, who started her business because she was a hypnotherapist and was working with clients who had such trouble with lead generation that that's what she decided to change and do went from being a hypnotherapist to an entrepreneur because she was working with uh, people like yourself. So I I found that very interesting. And there's a lot of validity to it. On the kid part, I took my son to see Elemental like a month ago. And I I know know that feeling of sitting there and just kind of watching, checking checking him out and seeing what he thinks about it. So that's very cool. I know that feeling familiar. David, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate your time and, and interest in the topic. I'd like to thank my guest, David Wax, for joining me on the show and come back on Thursday when I talk with Ruth Heim, the co-founder of Reconvert, an e-commerce company that builds Shopify apps designed to help merchants upsell and optimize the post-purchase customer experience. For more information about David, you can connect with him on LinkedIn or follow him on Twitter at David B. Wax. To learn more about Handwritten, you can check out their website, handwritten.com, spelled H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N, or follow Follow them on Facebook at handwritten spelled the exact same way. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you come back to find new episodes being published every Tuesday and Thursday. Until then. 